0: In 1944, my grandfather crossed the Atlantic to join the European campaign of World War II. He rarely spoke of the war in any detail, but upon the passing of both my grandfather and grandmother, his belongings were left to me. The following podcast consists of readings from two primary sources. The first is a battle journal of the 489th Armored Field Artillery Battalion in the 7th Armored Division of the United States Army. The second source is the letters my grandfather, Jack Ginther, sent to my grandmother Betty Jane Ginther. Some of the sentiments expressed will seem out of date. I have done my best to transcribe the letters, but that, in and of itself, is a challenge. Also, I apologize for my pronunciation of certain villages and cities cited in the documents. I wish my grandparents were still here so that I could have a dialogue about the contents contained within this material, but this one-way conversation will have to do. From the Battle Journal of the 489th Armored Field Artillery Battalion, 7th Armored Division, United States Army. On the 26th of October 1944, a clear increase in enemy movement on the other side of the canal first became apparent. A number of harassing missions were fired, the day's total being 536 rounds. On the 27th, the increased activity continued all along the canal front. Artillery and Nebelwerfers, Pounded Niederwert, where Lt. Donald Stelma, Battery A, had established his operation in the Church Tower. It was the first shelling of any importance observed in the Command Control A sector since our arrival. This shelling rendered Church Spire unusable as an operation by blocking the passageway. In the north, enemy counterattacks were reported along the Command Control B front and the Command Control R front. On the night of the 27th and 28th, the enemy attempted a rubber boat crossing in force on the town of Niederbert. It was a clear, moonlit night, and when their intentions became clear to Lieutenant Stelma, watching from his operation now located in a warehouse, he landed a concentration on them, completely smashing their preparations. In the daytime, enemy activity went forward, and the sound of hammering was clearly audible in our outposts on the west bank of the canal. Heavy shelling of Niederwert continued, and Wert itself was subjected to a light shelling by Nebelwerfers, with the target apparently being the bridges spanning the canal in town. A small task force under Captain Nelson of the 40th Tank Battalion was sent to clean out a pocket of Germans across the canal north of Niederwert. Lieutenant Edward E. Hayes of the 489th went as forward observer with them. The day's expenditure was 806 rounds. Letter from my grandfather, October 27th, 1944. My darling, at least it is not a week since I wrote you last, but almost. Well, we are still doing the same as we have been doing. Last night I went to a little beer tavern across the road from me and stayed two hours. They had a sax and accordion player, and it seemed real good to hear a little music, if you call that music for a change. Betty, I finally got something I think is pretty nice for you. But again, it is for our house. I guess most things you get your wife is for her house. Well, I don't know how many boxes it will take to pack it in. I figure about four milk boxes will do it. I'll tell you the number after it is packed. I sure hope you like it. Honey, you should see my office. I got a barn with a cement floor with straw lining all the sides. I also got a kerosene stove for heat. And this morning I got two kerosene lanterns. So now I'm all set except the radio, and I sure know the place to get that. Keith is having trouble with me because everything I get, he always has to carry. If we moved now, he claims he would have to have a 6 by 6 to haul it in. I sure doubt it, but it makes a point to argue on so we don't get too bored with each other. Now for the money explanation. The red one-gilden note is the new Dutch money that the Hollanders has put in this country. They will not allow our government to put invasion money in Holland. The gilded is worth 37.5 cents. Then I'm also sending two Germany invasion coins, equal to 10 cents, and the half mark equal to 5 cents. So, honey, I'm also sending you some foreign money. Now, honey, with my new setup, I'll sure try and write you oftener. But now I'm set, we'll probably take off like a bird, and that will be the end of my little house. Two hours later, "'What did I tell you? "'Forshitting just came back from headquarters. "'We are going to move this afternoon. "'Now I've got to get a new setup someplace. "'I have to write about that later. "'Honey, why don't this war get over "'so I can come back home to you? "'I sure would like to be there. "'I thought of how we spent many of our evenings. "'I wonder if we'll be the same when I get home. "'I know for sure we are going to start our family "'when I do arrive. "'The other day I was going through a town "'and I wasn't in too much of a hurry.' and I stopped and saw the show. It was an English-speaking showing, so that was the main reason for my going. Honey, I must close for now and get started in packing up for the move. I sure could stand for coming home to you. Maybe I can figure some way to get home, but somehow the army is always ahead of me and stops all my efforts. Be good. I love you and miss you terrible. All my love, Jack. From the Battle Journal of the 489th Armored Field Artillery Battalion, 7th Armored Division, United States Army. The 29th of October 1944 was a day marked by strong German attacks on Command Control B and Command Control R fronts directly north of us. Some local success was achieved. In our sector, there was no counterattack, but activity on the German side of the canal was reported by all observers. Command 2 reports indicated a considerable number of new units in the area between the Moss River and Canal Front. A liaison officer from the British 4th Royal Horse Artillery reported to our command post preparatory to supporting the division in this sector. No missions were requested from the British. 946 rounds were fired. Letter from my grandfather, October nineteen 1944 My darling, Well, honey, I'm all set up again. This time I have set up my office on the back porch of a farmer's house. It seems pretty good, too. They have one coal stove out here, plus my small gasoline stove makes it pretty warm out here. Keith has spent the entire morning with me, which is something new. He usually sits across the field and burns ammunition boxes to keep warm. Your packages are ready. There will be two boxes the size of a milk case, plus one other small package. I sure hope you get it in good shape. The unit is putting out a book which will tell of all the items that have happened up to the time we captured Verdun. I have ordered three of these, one for you, mom, and sis. Do you think that is enough, or should I have purchased more? Let me know. I have also ordered 15 Dutch Christmas cards. Do you have any particular distribution on these? Please let me know, and their addresses also. Betty, there isn't any news to write about. Time just continues to go by. Here it is almost the 1st of November and the war isn't over yet. I wonder if this European war will be over before the Pacific War. I sure would hate to fight in both sections of the world. I received those family pictures you sent. Honey, I'm awful glad you've fallen into our family as easily as it appears. So far, as a wife, you have been more successful than I ever thought. Now don't ask for any explanation of that statement. I love you very, very much. Well, honey... I've got to get on my horse and get to work. I haven't got much to do today, but I want to get it done as soon as possible. Be good. I miss you a lot and sure wish I could be home and be a husband again. All my love, Jack.